Hello, it is 10 a.m. in New York, 5 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 10 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to In Transit with Sunday Bean. I'm an intercultural strategist, transformation facilitator, and solution-oriented coach. And I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed through any life transition. Now, today is a huge day because I am inviting you to celebrate with me 10 years of business. I started my company back in June 2013, and I had no idea what was ahead. In today's episode, I wanted to take a moment to do two things that are important to me. The first is to celebrate, and the second is to reflect on where I am in the process of my own ambitious transformation and that of my company and share the learnings with you. So I'm so excited and to celebrate today and to make this episode extra special, I have invited Naomi Hadaway. You might recognize her from episode 297, Legacy by Design. Naomi Hadaway has recently launched Leaving Well Consulting, a practice for individuals, organizations, and board of directors who are in periods of transition, right? Sound familiar? (laughs) She helps organizations be purposeful about the way they transfer knowledge and make transition. She also creates stability for the stayers and helps support those that are leaving. This woman has been a friend and contact about transitions and transformation for years. So I'm so happy to be joined by her today. Now, let me tell you, I asked her to join me. I knew what my objectives were. I wanted to celebrate. I wanted to share some updates that I haven't really shared publicly. And what happened is right before we hopped on the call, my I just had this huge wave of emotion come up. And it was just waiting to come out right when we started. And I think what that means is that there is one, a lot to process after 10 years, but also when you're making a shift, you're making a transition, there's a lot of emotions that are maybe not processed, things that you're letting go of and things that you are looking forward toward. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you in on that conversation. It is raw. It is emotional. It is joyful. And there were some like stop the record moments of realization for me. This episode is dedicated deep, deep down from my heart to my clients, to my coaches, to my listeners who have been with me at any point during this journey of the last 10 years. I want to say thank you because you have built who I am today through your permission to work with you, through your permission to allow me to come into your life and share my messages and listen back on what you're learning from it. So thank you very much and take a look at what happened next. All right. So I had this really cool idea that I was going to bring on Naomi Hadaway to celebrate my 10th business birthday. And that is all exciting, but I am already feeling emotional. Like I seriously have tears in my eyes and I do not understand what's going on. So this is exactly why Naomi is here (laughs) because what we're going to do is give you a glimpse of how my life has been in transition, how my business has been in transition. And I want you to see really like 
how this is amazing and wonderful and I'm so grateful and how it's hard. So welcome, Naomi. I'm going to let you do your thing and you just lead me through this process. Well, first of all, celebrating is so exciting. I'm so proud of you as you celebrate 10 years in business. You have gone through, around, over, under, all the things. So I first just Mm -hmm. want to celebrate with you um, about 10 years. It's so incredible. Thank you. So, you know, it's interesting that you were talking about how you had this emotion response and then you were like, wait, what's happening? And we had already talked about this a little bit before as we were prepping, but this card um, I pulled right before we got on and it says, be real about where you're at. And I think that is so important uh, in the process of leaving well and inside of transitions. I know that when I've moved, Um, I get the spreadsheets out and I get all ready because I can do this. I've done this before. I know how to organize. I know how to structure. And then if I'm not real about where I'm at, I don't process the emotions. Mm -hmm. So I want to first commend you for also being willing to sit with the emotions. Hmm. Okay. So transition is hard. And I think one of the things that when I work with folks on leaving well is that we don't name the emotion. So I'd be curious if you're willing to dive in to just think through, and I've got this handy little chart that we can share with uh, folks listening about emotion. So the concept is that a lot of times we go into the middle, joy, fear, sad, but there's so many emotions underneath. So when you think about your transition that you're going through personally and transitions with business, what two or three come up? Oh, that's a great question. So um, there is a sense of satisfaction mm-hmm. um, that feels to be very grounded in the center of it. There's satisfaction in what I've been able to do in the last 10 years. Um, and there's satisfaction in the shift that I'm making right now. Yeah. So those, I've, that's, it's not joy. It's not some other, you know, but it's, it's like this grounded word. Yeah. Um, it feels solid. Um, there is another feeling that is there. Um, and on the positive side is gratitude. I'm so grateful for the journey that I have behind me and the one I have ahead. And those are some of the neutral, the positive emotions that yeah. are there. Yeah. I think some of the negative emotions or the wobblier ones. Um, I am really struggling with letting go of a life that I've lived for a decade. Yeah. And, and that is at the same time, I'm satisfied from what I've done and I'm actively choosing to do what I'm doing now. And I actively am happy to go toward it. And it still means there's a grief around letting go, like an old identity, an old purpose. And and it doesn't mean that that uh, letting go sounds like releasing and never having any of the strings at your fingertips again. And I don't think that's quite that clear cut. I think it's more of like letting go of a portion of that. Um, But what do they say? There's an expression about if you, if you open up your hands then they are free to catch something new. Yeah. So I, um, I'm not very good <laughs> at not knowing <laughs> someone who's solution oriented, someone who is a strategist, right? I like to have control over my environment, very active agent. That's everything that I teach. 
And I also know that some of the best things in my whole life that have happened are things I didn't expect and things I didn't plan. So surrender would be the mm. other thing that's happening right now. Um, not my favorite word. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an emotion. I think it's a state of being. Well, I mean, yes. And I, I, some of the things that I was writing down as you were talking about was first, you know, like around satisfaction, it's, I think it goes so hand in hand with being seen. And so that part of it goes back to the celebration and being able to celebrate with your community, with the folks that have been along this ride with you. They've seen your work, you've seen their work, and you've been all together in this. And I think there's some tenderness and some fragility that then comes, then like, well, what if that goes away? Yes, yes. And you know this about me. There's like this this thing I have about abandonment. Like I don't want to, if I change, if I shift, because I care so much about my community and my people, I, I worry about abandoning the people that I care about. And I even had, I was stressed when I changed the name of my podcast from Expert Happy Hour to In Transit. I was worried, right, that people would would not come along with me in the journey and feel like I left them. Yeah. Right. And obviously there's probably some deeper stuff going on there, but maybe. right. Just maybe. But um, but that I realized it's like about how do you shift and change? Yeah. When you are connected with people that you care about and that you feel in alignment with and still shift and change. Right. And I think this is a universal topic that a lot of people can identify with, right? In so many transitions. It is. And I think another piece of it too, that you kind of touched on is that it it's different when you're the one deciding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're the one that is in control of, even if it feels like you're not in control, but if you're right. the one that says, yes, we're doing this, or yes, I'm moving, or yes, I'm mm -hmm. transitioning with work or projects, it has a whole different... Um, ownership and responsibility and accountability yes. than when someone else made the decision for you. And so mm -hmm. I think regardless of what kind of transition it is, being able to settle in with that responsibility. I think that when you talk about letting go also, looking back, I'd be curious if this is something you can answer and maybe it's just a reflection question, but mm -hmm. what do you know to be true about the culture and the container that you have put into place over the last 10 years that has nothing to do with whether your thread is still connected in the same way. Hmm. How can I hear that question? Is it like, what is my contribution, Ben? It could be your contribution. It's, it's about like, what can you look back on and know that that's still true, even if hmm. you are not still hmm. in it in the oh, same right, way. Right. Right. Oh, that question actually brings me joy because I think about the individual women that I've been able to work with and the impact that has had on their lives, like a domino effect. Um, I've had um, I've had partners email me or WhatsApp me afterwards and say, "I just want to say thank you for the work that you did with my partner." Right? That's um, amazing. So that is pretty awesome. I, I've had that conversation with my boys. Actually, we always joke about. Um, the amount of views or downloads I get on YouTube compared to like when a cat gets scared by a cucumber, right? And they're like, so mom, you know, you're happy when you get a couple thousand people to listen to a podcast. 
Meanwhile, there's a cat scared by a cucumber that's viral and it's gone millions, you know? And I said to my boys, I'm like, no, I'm not making a viral impact in people's lives. But honestly, when I, when I breathe my last breath, I know that there've been people that because of our collaboration, because of them saying yes to themselves and then saying yes to us collaborating, that their life is significantly different. And that is something that is so meaningful for me. It's so meaningful. And I think when I say that, I feel my throat closing a little bit because I think it ties in a little bit to the shift that I'm in right now where the work that I'm doing more is not that like deep, intimate, transformative, like personal shift. It's, it's in other ways. So I think there is a little bit of a grief there, um, of, of, um, not getting to be able to be doing that deep, deep work. It's not that the work I'm doing isn't equally important. It's just important in different ways. Right. So that's one thing. Um, so I feel really, really joyful about that there are women who are making their own money because of the work that we did together. I love that people have now become coaches because of the work that we've done together. I love that people are creating better boundaries in their life um, or that people are just being better humans <laughs> to their partners, you know? So I guess I can celebrate that. I think that's that's pretty awesome. Well, and thinking about <laughs> thinking about the cat and the cucumber and the viralness of it, viral is a spike. You know, it's a, it's a one-time thing. Your impact has been a ripple. And we know like if you mm-hmm. skip a rock in water, it ripples out and that change. I mean, you may know from a partner calling you afterwards and saying, thank you so much for that work that you did with my person. You may know some of that, but there's also this beautiful legacy that you'll never know mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. what happened in that person's life because of that moment that they had yeah. with you and your work. And how did that then ripple out for all of their hundred years of legacy. So I have a story that I hold on to really closely. I had someone I worked with, um, for a year of transformation and I just checked in to say, Hey, how are you doing? It's been a while. And, um, she said, actually I've been battling cancer. And she said, I'm so grateful that I did year of transformation with you before, because of the tools that I built, I'm able to go through this differently. Are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Like I just, that meant everything to me. So that ripple of like being, not being there, but being there in their hardest times, um, that was super meaningful. So I have a question for you about trust. Mm. Um, because some of the examples you've shared were because they were impactful because someone trusted you and the work that you had built and your 10 years of, of your impact and all those things. So they said yes to you. How are you feeling about trusting your yes, your own yes to you? Mm. If I'm really transparent, um, my own personal development journey has been um, a shift from seeking outside validation to trust. Like if I get the best grade in the class, I trust I know enough right? If I win the award, I trust this is good, right? So I'm very conscious of the fact that I I was in a default pattern of doing that not consciously, right? And then along the way, I became aware of that, so conscious. And now I am, I am still very much in that sort of, I would even call it a battle of like tr- trusting like 
this is good enough. And I actually think I, I started building that over the years with my business because I would put something out in the world like a blog or a podcast and you don't know how it lands and maybe you don't even get like very many you know downloads or likes or whatever. And so you have to just own in your body, like, was that good enough quality? Not whether people like it or not, like, was it good enough? And so I had to teach myself um, that I need to decide what is good enough for me, right? And not always seek that outside validation. And that's an ongoing journey for sure. Yeah. The what's good enough. And I also think there's a, there's a component for all of us around what's enough. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. being able, I, the reason I asked you that question about trusting your own yes for yourself is that I feel like, especially when we build things that mean a lot for us, that then also have a ripple effect. I feel like knowing you and knowing the work that you've done, it was so beneficial for you and your um, close circle of work mm-hmm. and impact. And then you realized, oh my gosh, this is this is actually exponentially huge for so many other people. It can shift the way that we look at it to then what's the next yes. And so you being in this transition personally with your family and decisions mm-hmm. about um, who's earning what money, who's taking a rest, who's who's going to lean into different work um, patterns and habits and realities, that in addition to your business mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and saying yes to what's next. And especially when you talk about being a planner and structured and all of those things. <laughs> so let me just share a little bit of behind the scenes on the yes to what's next, um, because pe- not everybody knows about this. Some of it is also quite new. Um, and about being able to plan. So really interesting is on my ninth business anniversary, I was in South Africa. Like my life looked completely different. I was in South South Africa. I was having a glass of wine and I was talking to my husband about how proud I was of what I was able to build in the nine years of my company. Um, I did the thing. I never knew I could. And then I was able to do it right in terms of like community, one-to-one groups, revenue, that sort of thing. And I, and I talked about what I was so grateful for and things that I f- was forced to learn that I never would have learned right about like podcasting and like social media and all those things. And, but then I also reflected on what I was missing. And I think it was also driven by COVID. I was, I had been working virtually for nine years. Of course I had, you know, client things in person from time to time, but on on some levels, very isolated in West Africa, in South Africa. And I literally worked in my garage. (laughs) So how much more isolated can you get? It was actually a really fancy thing, but it sounds better when I, you know, I complain about it like that. And, um, And I talked about how I missed being in a team. I missed actually not having control of everything. I missed not having to like having to set the topic tone all the time. I wanted someone else to like throw content at me I wasn't ready for or help me understand topics that I hadn't thought about exploring myself. And so I was talking about the things I missed and my husband pulls his phone out of his pocket and he goes, hey, I saw this today and I thought of you. And I read the description and it was for a global role in a company in Switzerland. And I read it and I just laughed out loud 
because it was exactly the thing that I said I missed and what I was wanting to build actually for my clients as I move forward. And it was the weirdest thing because a year before that, my eighth anniversary, I was like, I will never, ever work again in an organization, you know? (laughs) I was like, nope, never going to do that. And um, so anything, one one thing led to the next. And I, the way I saw it was, um, the way I looked at it from an entrepreneurial perspective is I got a client contract and it doesn't matter whether it goes with my business tax or right. personal tax, right? right? I said yes to a project, let's say, to a role where I was able to do exactly actually it turned out to be more than Mm -hmm. what I wanted. And it was that environment that I wanted to be in. And I felt so grateful. So I said yes to that. But what I didn't know was coming was I didn't know that there would be more offered to me where I would be doing more with organizational transformation, where I would be asked to step up as a leader, where I would take on um, interim roles, Mm -hmm. um, having to live the leadership principles that I've been working with people on for years. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't know is that my partner at the same time would be in a process of reflection and transformation and which would also shift how we show up and what we do. So these are things I didn't see coming. And I just feel so grateful because before my heart even had a chance to ask for it, it got delivered. Yeah. So that is so beautiful. And it also shows the really beautiful, um, almost the flip Sunday of all of the people you've worked for, for their transformation. That same community was working on your transformation Hmm. without you even knowing it. That is so interesting, right? Like they were getting me ready for what was next. Wow, I've never thought of it like that before. Yeah, and that is also says why I'm just so grateful and why gratitude is there and why you can see there's that that connection to my community because this is the thing I've always, I've tried to explain to my husband. I've said what I do is not a job. It's not like I clock in at eight and leave at five. Yes. It's an expression of who I am. It's yeah. me showing up and doing my life's work. And you can challenge that and say that it's, you know, your work is too much part of your identity. And it's, you know, there are legitimate challenges right. for that, right. you know? Um, and I also think if I get the choice to show up in the world in a way that is an expression of who I am and it does offer the best that I've got, yeah. or actually it makes me work through the, the things that aren't the best that I've got, <laughs> right? Yeah. Then how amazing is that? Yeah. It's really amazing. The other thing I want to kind of op- uphold for you as well, and folks that have been in your orbit for a while already know this, people that might be happening across this that don't know this about you. You've done such a beautiful job. So I just want to honor this. You've done such a beautiful job of putting what you've had to offer and on offer in bite-sized ways, in ways that will live on forever, so that mm-hmm. that impact of the first this last 10 years of your legacy is still there. It's not going away. And so I think part of that like closed fistness you've already worked mm-hmm. through, it just has to process all the way through your body. 
yeah. of saying, okay, I've opened my hand. I've said yes to these things. I'm trusting what's next for me is best for me. And this other piece still sits next to me where folks can access, folks can still have access to that transformational work that you've yeah. put together and delivered. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a big thing. I, I don't know if you and I have talked about this before. I have a worthy work notebook mm-hmm. um, and I actually keep it right here. Very it nice. literally is just a notebook, but mm-hmm. in it goes all the little, little nuggets and morsels of things that I've done in my life that have been, that I deem worthy. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating about that is it's never the big things. It's mm-hmm, the stages mm-hmm. that I speak on or the the things that people would view as a job or as mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. don't end up in this. The things that end up in this is I remembered to insert any number of things, but it's maybe an introduction of I introduced this person to this person, or I learned a lesson when someone called me out and gave me some feedback. So I just think about that for you a lot around, I mean, 10 years would be hard to fit into a worthy yeah. work notebook, right. but that may help as mm-hmm. you continue riding the wave of this current transition and celebrating 10 years of noting and mm-hmm. holding on to for maybe five seconds longer as they flip through your mind, the really beautiful, worthy work that you've done. It makes me think about what you were just talking about, about creating something and this idea of legacy. I spent um, this summer when I moved back to Switzerland, um, imagine we just gave up nine years living on the continent of Africa, had transitioned my kids into a new language environment school. My partner was still um, abroad and it was summer gorgeous out. Right. And I locked myself up in this apartment, which of course has no air conditioning and sweat and sweat and sweat. And I recorded behind lights, recorded an upgraded version of, um, my adapt and succeed program, um, because I wanted something cause it was time. It had been like five years and the branding had changed and some of the things had changed, but I wanted to create something that could be independent of me. And I wanted to give my global coaches the best possible quality product to move on, right? So for me, it was probably even a bad business decision, like, or health or family decision. I, but I knew in in terms of alignment with my integrity, I was like, I need to create this and put these tools in a way that people can digest them. And I've got then at least another five years on this, Mm -hmm. right? And that's how I sweated my way through July, um, half of July and August. um, And we were renovating, we were moving into a house. I was starting this new role. It was crazy, but I knew it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, So that is one thing I think in terms of like, it speaks a lot. And then this is maybe a good time to talk about the way I see things shifting in the next, I'm not going to say 10 years, it would be tidy to say 10 years, but let's say in the next few years, right? What I want to do with my company is I want to step back physically and, and put myself forward in, let's say these tidier products and then let my coaches do the work that they're made to do. And I'm going to say why. Um, my work has been a labor of love and deeply connected to my life experience for the last 10 years, understanding being in a binational marriage, having a binational family, uh, trying to find acceptance in Switzerland, leaving everything I built to go to West Africa, going through dramatic changes through political stuff, doing it again in South Africa, right? All of that was driven from my very personal experience. And I poured that into what I was doing. 
And then at one point I realized that is what I had in me for that. I've mm. now brought into the world, right? And there's something else brewing. And it's a little bit where wisdom fusion was coming in. Like there's something new that's coming and it's building, but I need to also disengage a little to be able to build this next thing. And my coaches are perfect to step into that space because they're on fire for this. They're in that deep creating space like I was three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago, right? They're they're pouring their lives into third culture kids and to, you know, bilingual relationships, et cetera, et cetera, and all kinds of transitions around midlife and menopause and divorce. And they've got that fire in their belly for it. And they are actually the better ones to be there. And so I feel like I'm the role that I came to serve has been filled. And now it's someone else's job to fill that. And they're they're better because they're they're meeting people where they're at. Yeah. I'm doing other things and yeah. I and I'm giving what I've got now for other projects. Yeah. And and it, that's building, right? So I think that is a little bit of that acceptance of yeah, that sort of cycle has come to completion. And and accepting that and then honoring that. And, um, yeah. So you, you asked about finding different language for all mm -hmm. that, for all of that. And so I yep. want to just read what I, what I wrote down and you, you don't have to react now, but, um, the leader beside came mm -hmm. up a lot when you yeah. were talking, um, because I don't think that it's as much that you're going to the background no. as much as you're just stepping next and not even stepping, stepping beside. But I think leader beside is a really powerful thought. I also think that you've done such an incredible job and you're excited about elevating the impact of others. Mm -hmm. And that I think that's also beautiful because personally, it doesn't minimize your work mm -hmm. by elevating the work of your coaching um, constellation. I also think that um, you're a catalyzer. Hmm. And so that came to mind also that you've catalyzed this work um, and even metabolic mm. comes in a little bit around like you have to have a foundation for then the rest of the you know explosions yes. that happen. You have to have the right things together and you've done that. You've alchemized that in the last 10 years and now it's time to have the exponential impact that's going to happen mm -hmm. because you've brought in those other leaders. The other thing that came to mind for you Sunday is that, and I'm getting goosebumps because this is myself as well. And I see it so strongly in you. You're a fire starter and we're not meant to do all of the things. We're not meant to fire start mm -hmm. and tend the coals. Mm -hmm. And so what you're doing is handing over the tools to your team, the yep. constellation of coaches to, to tend the coals mm -hmm. and neither is more important of a job. I think that's the other thing that may have some of the angst for you yeah. is that your job has been so important in the last 10 years of building this. And it's equally as important that they keep it going and that yeah. they bring all of what they have that you don't have to it. Yeah. So there's something in the alchemy and the, the metabolizing mm -hmm. and all of that, that might be some interesting words to think about as you process and talk about the shift. I love that. That feels there's so much permission there, right? Yeah. And what I realized, I wrote down while you were talking, I wrote down um, the word consistency. So tending the coals is consistency. And I think that's where I came in conflict 
because it's one of my principles I teach about with consistency. You show up, you show up, show up, show up, show up, right? So if you, yes. if consistency is a high value and you know yes. it delivers results, then there is a tension of like knowing when to stop tending the yes. coals and let someone else take over the coals so you can start another fire, right? Yes. And now I'm going to go back to the word that I said out loud, which I've never said before, and that was cycle. I think I finally, and I'm talking about like right now in this conversation, I was seeing it like start, stop, shift, you know, and now I'm seeing it more like an ongoing cycle, right? I built, this is, you know, I built the foundation and I helped develop people's capacity. And then it's like, now it's time to sort of unleash us into another realm. Yeah. What was really interesting about what you just did is your hands, and I don't know if I'll be able to audibly um, share this, but your hands went in a um, almost like a spring motion of a cycle instead of a circle cycle, which I think a lot of us would think of a cycle as coming back to, to then maybe have a cycle start again. And your hands, your body was like, it's a perpetual cycle that goes out from you. And so that's powerful. And that's something that I teach. It's like about how, you know, um, we talk about the stress growth adaptation dynamic, you know, that when you feel stress, that's a good sign because you're growing, right? And then you adapt and then you grow again. And so I think that's also part of, that's something you and I have talked about. I am really often uncomfortable right now, right? Like I the level of responsibility that I have and the newness of the roles and the yeah. things, I mean, I am really uncomfortable. And I, I mean, I'm, I went from like mentor coaching, not just coaching, but then mentor coaching and doing the thing I'd been doing for years and years to a completely new context. Yeah. Right. And we know conscious incompetence and then conscious competence still takes effort. Yeah. Right. And so that's something I want to also share with people when they're doing something new and they're in transition and it feels hard. It doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It means that you're growing. Yeah. Right. And you're learning. And I, what I, my thing right now, my mantra right now is like, all of this is going to feel different in one year. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to feel yeah. so different in one year. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the thing that comes up to me for me too, especially when you think about the, your past work with expats and folks on the move and, you know, both of our experiences it's almost like we have to pull back in the things that we know to be true as simple as how have we helped our children adapt in a new school? Like what, what do we tell them to do if they get lost? What do we tell them to do if they feel uncomfortable or alone? It's the same exact things. And what works for today is not probably what's going to work tomorrow. Um, so being able to have that flow and that flex of what, what do I need for right now? And then also it comes back to be real where mm-hmm. you're at. Yep. I also, I'm trying to find on my phone really quickly, um, this quote that I think is so powerful and so beautiful. Um, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror, just keep going. No feeling is final. And it's by Rainer Maria Rilke. Um, and I think that no feeling is final is so powerful, especially when we're able to slow down long enough to to like sit with ourselves and be like, what am I feeling? Um, because I think so often for me, I've programmed myself 
to what I feel comfortable feeling. And so then I just say, well, I'm just feeling uncomfortable right now. It's not actually for me uncomfortable. Maybe it's that I'm feeling self-conscious or maybe that I'm feeling um, disgusted about not having made a decision fast enough or the -hmm. right decision. So I think remembering that no feeling is final, remembering that um, we still decide, we still get to decide, Mm -hmm. you know, how are we showing up in this moment? How are we showing up for others? How are we showing up to celebrate? How are we showing up to memorialize what's been in the past? Um, The other thing that I, the last thing I want to say Sunday is you said this and it's so, so powerful. You said you've been creating something that exists independently of yourself. If I've never heard a better definition of legacy, it's not that it's just that someone will remember that of you. It's literally going to perpetuate and continue to exist outside of you. And that's, I mean, talk about legacy by design inside of transition. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's pretty awesome. And I also, um, I'm also so grateful for, I'm having this image of, you know, like a steel ball and then magnets come to it. I feel like I'm bringing those 10 years with me and I'm the steel ball feeling a little bit naked, a little bit bare, but I'm having these magnets come to me like new learning. I mean, I'm, I have so many examples of great leadership that I get to be around every day. Yeah. Right. I have so many examples of courageous conversations I get to be witness to. I have to have courageous conversations every day. Like I, I'm the magnets that are coming to the steel ball right now that are going to stick with me. I feel so grateful for that. Um, And I think for me, if I pull it back to what we talked about with making an impact on people, I have to trust that um, those will sort of expand the way in which I can make an impact in people's lives in ways that as I couldn't predict what would happen to my life one year ago, I don't know what will happen in 10 years, right? Um, And I'm just trusting, like I'm learning exactly what I need to learn right now. I don't know why, but this is what I'm doing. I'm growing in exactly the ways I need to grow right now. And this is the trust that I ask my clients to have in their own process, right? And I have to live it. And I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. Like, <laughs> like, fine. I'll walk the talk, you know? Yeah. Like, I'll just hold the discomfort. Like, it's so frustrating, but it's also like, yeah, actually, this is yeah. this is what it's about. Yeah. Well, and and that comes back to the modeling. Um, and doing, doing not only what you said you would do, but doing what you've asked others to do. The image also comes when you were talking about the steel ball of, do you know, the bean, uh, sculpture in Chicago, it's a, um, mirrored, huge thing that looks kind of like a lima bean. And when it was installed in this beautiful park, everyone was like, what is that? That doesn't make any sense. I don't understand that. That doesn't have any resonance to me. There's all of this drama about what is the bean. What's beautiful is that it sits there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and people come to it and they can see their reflection in it because Mm. it's mirrored. Mm. And so there's all these beautiful, you can walk underneath it, you can walk around it, people take photos of it. And my point in saying all of this is that you've laid this bean, oh, how appropriate. (laughs) 
That was funny. You've laid this bean as a foundation to say, come experience what you need from the past 10 years of my work. Mm-hmm. Come, it will look different for everybody. Yeah. It, it might not resonate right away, but it's still going to be there when you need to come back to it. Yeah. And it allows people to have a different experience with it. And I think that's what I am so, I just am so impressed by you and the work that you've done because it has been, um, it's so diverse in what it can do for people. I'm just celebrating with you. You are incredible and such a big decision to be able to say yes to yourself and to your family and to your own transformation um, mm. over the next however many years. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to say thank you um, for being part of my journey. I don't know when we actually met. If it was two, we met in 2018, I know, but we met before, maybe 2016, 17. Probably, yeah. So you've been um, there through a lot of those transitions. Um, And you've also been an important touch point for me because who do transition specialists go to when they need support in transition, right? (laughs) It's like therapists who need therapists, right? Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and it, it comes from all of this, all of our relationship, not all of our relationship, but it comes from that foundation of having lived through something. And so for you to be now up leveling, I don't know if that's the right word, but to level into this next thing, you now are going to have even more of your own experience to be able to bring back to, you know, your community and your life. So. And I think where I have to trust that is it's exactly what happened in 2012 when I was in my dream job. I was a head of intercultural management and I had a job I never thought I would be lucky enough to have, amazing people around me doing exactly what I wanted. And I left it because I felt like if I stayed, it was for other reasons to go you know, abroad as well, but for the whole family, but also for me professionally, because I knew if I stayed, I would just be doing, I would just be tending the coals in my life and not starting a fire for me professionally. And, and I'm so grateful I did it. And now, and it, no one thought it made sense because I was giving up something really secure, something that I had built and worked hard for. And I'm so grateful I did that. And that it feels a little bit like another pivot point where Mm -hmm. I'm doing that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Naomi, for joining me in this, uh, reverse interview, right. Um, for my 10th anniversary, I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate. Thank you for asking me. So there you have it. That was such a powerful conversation for me. I hope that you're taking away something from it as well. For me, I'm walking into that feeling of surrender, that feeling of satisfaction and the joy about what's next. I can't wait for you to be part of that journey. I'm so excited to connect you with my coaches and with my program so that you can get the same sort of results that have been possible through the collaboration over the last 10 years. I'm pouring all of my wisdom from my clients, from my experience, from my professional competencies into everything that I do. And I want you to be able to share that together with me. All right. So what is next? What does that mean for working with me? What does that mean for working with the coalition? What does that mean for the podcast? Um, the, the answer is stay tuned because those answers are now in development. We are in transformation. What I can say is that I am available by request. My time is much more limited right now. So I'm selective about who I work with live. I've had the 
gorgeous pleasure of co-designing a workshop for a women's network where we featured the learning outcomes from my Wisdom Fusion program. I have the huge honor of working with an executive team and helping them through their largest challenges and more. What I do have in mind, get this, I would love to do a retreat um, sometime in the coming year. So stay tuned on my newsletter for more. If you want to work with me in a very hands-on, connected way in person, let's say, I don't know, somewhere like gorgeous Southern France, let me know because we'll be planning a retreat in the near future. All right. I can't wait to be part of this next phase with you, um, with my company, with the Global Coach Coalition, with my content that I've created over the years. I will leave you during this beautiful 10-year celebration, something I find very poignant from William Stafford. He says, I embrace emerging experience. I participate in discovery. I am a butterfly. I am not a butterfly collector. I want the experience of the butterfly. Um. <laughs>